Good morning, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to the first episode of NHR the Podcast with your hosts, Junior and Trev. NHR the Podcast is your Saturday morning dive into what is happening around the NEI Hoops world. So grab your coffee. It is time to talk some NEI Hoops. Good morning, NHR Nation, and good morning, Trev. It's exciting week it's always been uh i love this time of year it's uh it, the games are getting crazy and uh you know we've, we've definitely had an, an interesting week um i know for you and, and from your realm um adding in multiple more or multiple new sports are starting <laughs> up uh, i know that uh it's got to be an interesting uh life for you right now bit definitely a very busy life for you but uh glad to have you on and uh ready to get uh, this next week going yeah, it's good to be back on. Thank you to Jake for filling in for me last week. Um, like you mentioned, we do have a lot of sports starting up. So last weekend was one of those weekends I just couldn't uh, couldn't make it work. We had baseball and volleyball and everything else starting up. But um, busy time of the year, but also a great time of the year if you're a basketball fan. And I'm really excited for um, the rest of the month to play out. I, we got, I know, a full week ahead before a lot of conferences start their, uh, their postseason tournaments. And a lot of di- like we talked about that one episode when we went through all the leagues. A lot of different uh, formats this year to look forward to too because of COVID. So um, I like like we like we've been saying all year. It's, it's going to be a, a fun finish to the end of this season, and I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, you know the one of the things that uh, we talked about a lot, um, especially in the in the daily dives and different things, but. Um, and Jake and I talked about it a little bit last week. First off, I want to say thank you to all the SIDs out there because I, I know this time of year has been been ultra crazy. But um, now, as we get uh, revved up and and on the basketball side of things, revved up for uh, conference tournament, national tournament play, um, you know, we're we're in a in a time period of of the year where every game is starting to get you know super intense because you have, you know, it's not just the front end teams that are fighting for conference titles. I mean, you have these back-end tournaments because not every team in every conference is going to make the tournament. And so, you know, you have teams battling for seeding, you have teams battling for um, the last spot in the conference tournament. And then you have teams, you know, like I, I know uh, off the top of my head, GPAC, for instance, um, you know, in, in several other leagues where the two seed is now becoming a very, very important seed to have because if you were to, if, you know, if the regular season champ, who already qualified for the national, like Morningside already qualified for the national tournament. If they, uh, by winning the regular season GPAC title, um, if they were to go on and, and win the Nat or win the uh, GPAC uh, tournament championship, then the two seed uh, is the one that ends up going off to the national tournament. So um, no matter what, if they're in that title game or not. So, you know, every, every league structured a little bit different, but everybody's battling for, for different reasons, but the games uh, that it makes the games a lot more, a lot more fun and, and a lot more competitive. That's for sure. Because even teams that have bad records are all of a sudden fighting for something, and um, you know they're they're trying to extend their season. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it on on Twitter yesterday um, about the news of these um, conferences and how they're going to allocate the auto bids and whatnot. And what what we found out, um, teams now know what they're up against the rest of the year. They know you know this bit this league is getting two bids. They might steal a bid from an at large team. So. Um, and then in terms of seeding too, like you mentioned, we just have so much to figure out to end the year. But um, yeah, like I said, there's so much now that we know um, with X League getting two bids, 
some team here who may be on the bubble knows they might have to make a conference tournament run or finish their 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 season with this many wins and so forth. So it did answer a lot um, with those coming out last night or yesterday. Yeah, those auto bids are are interesting for sure. They, uh, I, I mean, just picking up on some of the the leagues, and, and we had most of it right in the bracketology report, which is, you know, thank you for everybody that was able to feed us some information on those as well. But um, a couple of leagues we did have wrong, um, you know, like the GSAC, uh, the, the Golden State Athletic Conference is an interesting one. Um, they're not going to have a conference tournament this year. Um, they have two divisions out there, and the winner of each division is going to have, um, you know, uh, going to get one of the automatic bids. So. Uh, you have one one league that's a uh, you know pretty pretty jam packed with uh, you know you have William Jessup in there you have Arizona Christian in there you have Ma- the Masters in there so um, you have you you have quite a few teams I think there's five teams still playing in that division um, and then you go to the wet the GSAC West and you have you only have three teams period playing um, you have Vanguard Westmont and Hope International um, right now Vanguard you know got another big win last night to to move to two and zero in that league and they play Westmont again tonight. Um, you know, if they would get that win tonight, they end up going three and zero already and they only have hope international left. Um, and if they, all they'd have to basically do is win one game, one game against hope in the three games. And, and all of a sudden they're the, uh, they're going to represent the GSAC West. So you, you have a lot of events or a lot of situations like that, where um, a league like that is, is a, a unique setup. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of there. And then you have leagues, you know, that, uh, I know some several people are are the the funny part. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna structure this up by by saying that I know that everybody out there from all the conversations we've had, um, and and that's fans, players, coaches, uh, administrators, everybody alike. You know, they think that their league is the best league out there. <laughs> you know, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some of the some of the worst parts of of uh, that you can ever think about is the fact that. You know, I know a lot of people think that their worst pay- place team would finish middle of the pack in another league, and that's how deep their league is. And and uh, you know, I mean, it, you you can have whatever thought you want, but you know, I, I know a lot of people are upset that the independents or ha- independent league is having uh, two auto bids. Um, I, I've heard, I've gotten several DMs, several different uh, conversations uh, uh, about that. And at the end of the day, you know, the the best part about the the seeding and the, and, and the first year of having, uh, you know, one division is that even though we went down to 48 teams in, in the tournament, you're still going to have to go perform at the national tournament. You don't just represent your, your own university, you represent your league. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the reason why a lot of these leagues have, you know, our traditional uh, powerhouse leagues is because they go to the national tournament and they perform on the national stage. And that's the, that's the key right there is that, you know, when you, whoever makes the national tournament from your league, you know, it's important to go win games because, you know, when we, when we, when all said and done, we're going to have a national champion. Um, and that'll be important as well, obviously. But you're also going to look about, look at the, around the, the league for next year. And you're going to sit there and go, okay, well, you know, this league, you know, didn't win a single game in the national tournament, even though they got, you know, they qualified three teams in or whatever it was, you know, and, and that's an important conversation that uh, moving forward. And, and especially, I think, with the rankings and the ARCs and things like that, um, you know, and we're, we're going to bring on, uh, Coach Blankenship from LSU Shreveport, and, and one of the, and I know he's a national raider, and hopefully he'll uh, answer some questions for us about that as well. But you know, that's that's I think that's important moving forward, just to kind of see you know how conferences do against different leagues uh, at the national tournament, and, and how they're successful at the national on the national stage. Yeah, I, it's just like it's a little confusing for me too because you you certainly have 
not all things are equal when it comes across conferences, according to the NAIA. You have certain certain um, conferences that get one bid, certain they get two, and then obviously the at-larges get sprinkled out as however they need to. But um, you would like to see kind of maybe it altered. I don't, I don't know what the solution is really, but like you said, there comes a point where you have to look at the teams that perform at the national tournament. And like you said, it's not the team, it's what league they're coming out of. And you kind of just kind of have to look to and see um, – you know, what leagues are performing from time to time. And maybe you can alter your, your, I don't know, auto bids that way. Um, but I mean, like you said, we're not trying to dog on anybody here. We're not trying to bash anybody, but there were no wins out of the independent last year. Um, they get three in last year, you said? Yeah, they, they got three. And, and ten, technically, though, I believe they'll get three again next year because um, it goes down to how many teams are in each league. Um, and so with 15 teams and, and, and that's different because they don't really have a, have a full, you know, conference schedule either, but, uh, um, yeah, teams like the, the, uh, Chicagoland, uh, and then again, the river States next year with Ohio Valley, um, they're, uh, they'll give the river States uh, 15 teams and then the independent, they'll all be three bid leagues next year. And then the heart of America too, cause they, unless they get rid of the heart, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, host bid. All three or all four of those leagues will have a three be three bid leagues next yeah, year. Yeah, it's definitely a tough conversation because I mean I get it. You got these big conferences, big leagues. Um, it only makes sense that a percentage of the the teams in there should qualify. But I, again, like I said, I don't know what the solution is. Um, but I I think that something needs to be different. Something needs to change. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. I I'm not sure what the solution is either. And and uh, you know it's easy for us to talk right. about. Obviously, I know there's been a lot of hard work going to a lot of these decisions and so no no disrespect to anybody like that but definitely an interesting uh conversation to have moving forward and, and see if it changes up at all today we got kyle blankenship head coach of the lsu shreveport pilots joining us today uh he's got his boys sitting at 13 and 1 on the season right now uh currently number two in the polls i know that uh coach you're you're coming off a tough loss but I know you're also not fully healthy, um, but all in all, it's been a pretty great season for you guys. Um, can you just kind of talk about um, the uniqueness of, I know your scheduling been been awfully tough um, to get games in. Um, I, I know your leagues, uh, you know, have some teams that have backed out. Can you just kind of do a general scope of kind of the season this year? Well, you know, we've kind of uh, joked amongst our staff that this year COVID is the number one seed. And, uh, and, and we think that that's going to play out that way all the way through March. And so, We've battled it since we started in November. You know, we had some big non-conference games on the schedule uh, with MacU yep. and Dillard and uh, had a home-and-home home originally with Xavier that had to get postponed. We tried to get Loyola here the second half of the season, and it got canceled. And so, you know, we've just tried to play who we could play and uh, fill in those gaps where we could. And uh, obviously our conference lost half of its members, so it knocked down our conference schedule from 18 games to eight. And uh, so it's been a challenge, you know, and, and we've just tried to step up to the plate anytime we could uh, to play. You know, we went down uh, Tuesday night to Alexandria to a top 20 program that doesn't lose at home very often. And uh, we rolled down there with seven guys. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of been our mentality this year that when we get the opportunity to play, uh, no matter who they shut down or, or what happens within our own program, we're going to go out and try to compete because, you know, every game that we've been given this year, we feel like it's just a bonus and a great opportunity for our team to compete. And so uh, we're going to continue to do that, and hopefully we'll get to finish out this year with some uh, big-time regular season games against 
uh, LSUA again at home, and then we've got to go on the road to Texarkana. Those are our last two regular season games. So uh, if we can get there to where we can finish those, man, we'll, we'll be excited about it. Coach, from a, from a prep standpoint, um, obviously you mentioned you had those big big games scheduled, Matthew Dillard. Um, as a student athlete, I'm sure you, know, you, got, you see a big game on the schedule, you get pretty pumped for that. Um, from a preparation standpoint, how has it been – you know, working in practice, getting ready for a game like that or any game really. And then, uh, you know, just in a blink of an eye, it's, it's canceled and you have to kind of shift gears and focus on the next team. Um, sometimes you don't even know who that next team may be until a few days before you play them. So how is that kind of preparation with you and your staff taking place this year? Well, I mean, it's been different, just like everybody's gone through. You know, fortunately for a couple of those games, they were canceled early on enough that we didn't have the buildup leading up to it. Uh, the MACU game happened just a couple of days before. And so, uh, you know, that was at the time a number two team in the country, and we were right behind them in the polls, and our guys were getting excited about that. But, uh, you know, and then we were supposed to play Stephen F. Austin, big-time Division One opponent. It got canceled the day before. So, you know, it's been challenging. But, you know, we tell our guys just to be ready. Uh, you know, at the drop of a dime, you know, we can schedule anybody, uh, whether it's Monday or Tuesday. I don't think that's going to happen for us this week with the snow and everything coming down, like everybody's getting here in the Midwest and the South. But, you know, it's, it's been different. You know, our practices have been different. Um, I've told our guys, you know, sometimes I apologize because I can't coach them the way that I normally would want to, which is, you know, you know, be up next to them, put my arm around them, hug them, do all the things that we normally do to uh, try to coach them the best way we can. And, and most of the times in practices, I'm standing out at half court and, wearing my mask and keeping social distance. And, you know, we really do a lot of just individual workouts more than anything. And right now with seven guys and we've been hampered with the, the COVID uh, over the last month and a half that we haven't had a, a five versus five full practice uh, since about January the 15th. So in addition to scale, scheduling and all that, just everyday challenges, they're out there, but we know we're not the only team in the country going through it. And uh, we just try to every day show up, do our best and, and get better. Coach, and I know, uh, in the, I know you guys went to, to Alexander with seven guys, but, um, you know, we've talked many times uh, on the site uh, about your great backcourt. Um, I, I know that's not to discredit uh, Jeff Boyd. He's playing well for you. And then uh, adding Akeem White over the last five games. I know uh, he had a big game the other night against Alexander and had some, some height and size to uh, your lineup for sure. Um can you just kind of talk about your players and, and uh, not just how, I mean, you've kind of talked about how they've handled the situation with the season stuff, but uh, can you just give it like an outlook on your team and, and talk about that? Uh, I, I think you have one of the best backcourts in the, uh, uh, in the country with uh, Leandre Washington and Kadavian Evans. So um, can you just kind of talk about what those guys mean to your team and, and kind of the outlook for yeah, absolutely. You know, We've always been a, a guard heavy team uh, throughout my tenure here at LSUS and uh, have had some tremendous All-American guards. and Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, one that comes to mind and, and one that was fun to watch the last tournament was Stevie Clark. Yeah. I know he was, uh, he was little. Yeah, but Stevie, man, he was Stevie's my... one of the best that we've ever had. And, uh, I mean, we knew he was special coming in, but we were able to get that talent uh, that he had shown throughout his high school career and being the highly rated recruit he was. And, man, that guy night in and night out, he put on a show, and, and we still – talk about that 17, 18 team and, and how special they were. And, uh, I mean, anytime you want to talk about Stevie Clark, I don't mind doing it. I mean, that, that, that kid, uh, <laughs> I would take him uh, every single year. And, and fortunately this year we've got two really, really good ones. Uh, you know, that's my philosophy. You got to go get really good point guards and guys that can play 
beside him. And uh, Kadavian Evans has done that for two years for us. Uh, last year, he very arguably could have been our best player. Uh, really turned it on the last 15, 20 games of the season. But real quick, just want to touch on him. That's so special about him. It's not only he's a great player, he's, you know, we all talk about, uh, you know, how great some of these kids are. But uh, Kadavian graduated from Louisiana Lafayette with a degree in psychology and came here as a graduate transfer. And he's already finished one master's degree here at LSUS uh, over the course of a year and a half. Wow. And he is now starting his second master's degree in nonprofit administration. So uh, you're not only talking about just a great player and a great kid, but a, a tremendous student athlete as well uh, that I think, you know, when you put that whole entire package together, I mean, how can we not praise kids like that across the country? And so uh, he's been such a joy to coach. And then, you know, Leandre Washington coming in, uh, fits in with what we do and you know we've been able to turn him loose so to speak and uh, you know he was a big time scorer coming out of high school and put up some good numbers at the division one level uh, really really small kid but he plays with a big heart and plays tough I mean the other night against LSUA he had 11 rebounds and uh, was in there battling against the the big boys and so you know those two guys averaging both 22 21 a game you know we do feel like they're as good as any backcourt in the country and think that they've proven it night in and night out. Uh, but we've just got a whole team full of guys. We've got nine guys that we play and we're confident in every single one of them. Um, you know, several of those guys played last year on a team that won 29 games. Uh, and those guys are back. Jeff Boyd's one of those guys who was the conference tournament MVP last year. Uh, we think he's one of the best defensive players in the country when he can lock in on one guy, his length, his athleticism, uh, he typically on most nights uh, causes those players to have their worst games of the year. And he's done that for two years. So uh, those guys, and then a Kev Kelvin Henry that's been with me for three years, just a tremendous role guy that, that knows what we want to do and how we want to play. And then, like you mentioned, adding Nakeem White, who was a honorable mention all American last year and first team all sack player, you know, he's just now starting to get in his groove after having to sit for a semester and uh, trying to learn our system. And, and we're trying to find ways to get him the ball down there. You know, he can score it in the post. And, you know, he's got some guard skill set. And uh, he's a guy that's just, you know, added another piece to, to what we're trying to do. And that's, that's win as many games as we can. You know, everybody talks about championships. We really don't use that word a whole lot in our program. We just talk about winning the day and winning the next game. And all that other stuff will take care of itself. So we like our group. And uh, I feel like it's one of our best defensive teams. We didn't show it for the first half the other night against LSUA. But, um, you know, when we've got Royce Hunter, who's our third leading scorer, he was out the other night. And uh, he's shooting 50% from the three and 70% in conference play. Um, big time score and 6'3", and gives us a little more size. Uh, and then I'll mention Nate Levine. He was out and he's been with me for three years and just a great player off the bench. And we've got a couple more I hadn't mentioned by name, but uh, – we like our group and uh, hopefully we'll just continue to play well. And, you know, with this time off, uh, we're going to try to get some practices in once these guys get back with this snow, we don't know what's going to happen, but our next opponent on the schedule is having to go to Texarkana top 20. And so uh, we do talk about when we do talk about championships is that they're one on the road, not at home. So uh, we'll be looking for, forward to that challenge when that time comes. Yeah, and you uh, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, yeah, as uh, I mean, when you only have basically uh, 
you know, three teams left in the league um, and you're playing two or all three of them are ranked. Uh, all three of you guys are tied for first place in the, in the red river right now. Um, so <laughs> a lot to, a lot to play out yet uh, over the, the list, list next week, uh, hopefully this next week anyway. Um, and then, uh, so do, have you guys uh, made any changes to the, the red river tournament? No, we haven't. I mean, it's just condensed down. Normally it's been a 16 tournament um, the past Three or four yep. years, we've we've been to six teams, and then with five playing, uh, it originally was set up um, just where four and five would have a playing game, but Southwest has now opted uh, just to end their season, and so um, they're back in Hobbs. They had made the decision; they um, moved their team to Tyler, Texas, for the season, so they were staying in a camp out there. Yep, um, and they played every road game uh, all season long, and that's tough uh, for anybody, much less playing 10 of them against top 20 teams and uh you know they they got to a point where you know they weren't going to play games for a couple of weeks and so it's just best in their interest uh to go ahead and go back to Hobbs and be with their families and that stuff and you know I told them I, I just highly respected their decision to even play this year uh and make that move you know it 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 was good for the league for us to have a fifth team and so uh without them we'll just be a four-team tournament and uh, it'll be seated just as you imagine. And I think we're going to play it on Monday, Tuesday, possibly might get moved up to uh, Sunday and Monday, the 28th of February and 1st of March. Uh, but we'll kind of decide that uh, as we play out these games that are going to need to be made up uh, with these postponements that we've had in the last week or two. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I, that's uh, it, There's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, I don't want to say weirdness because it's kind of right. turned normal <laughs> for this year. But uh, I know I know the Red Rivers uh, faced their, their uh, fair share of uh, teams opting out and just, uh, you know, different scheduling and things like that. So, um, Coach, uh, turning the tables a little bit, I, I know you're a national raider in the polls. Um, so I just uh, I, I'm curious, you know, is, is you know, we have a little bit of fun with our polls and, and things like that. And, and you know, it's a. Uh, we feel like we watched a lot of games, so, you know, we try to have a good feel for it. But uh, what are some of the things that you, you know, as a Raider look for um, when you're putting your rankings together? And, um, you know, how many games do you really get to watch? You know, I know you're you're focusing on your own team. Um, maybe this year so much with, with games more spread out, um, it's a little bit easier. But just uh, can you kind of give us a, a background information on kind of, you know, what you look for when you, when you're doing your top 25 polls and, and how many games you really get. Yeah. You know, early on in the season, it's, it's tough. Uh, you know, you go off a lot of history and tradition, you know, with those early polls and, and then if those teams keep winning, obviously they're going to stay up there and, and I will, before I continue on, I mean, we, we follow the hoops report and what you guys are doing. And I mean, I think you do a great job when you're putting your poll together and, uh, and I'm not even going to lie, occasionally when I'm doing mine, I may take a peek and go, does, does it match up? Because I know how much you guys are watching. And, and uh, you know, we have to rely on other coaches uh, in other leagues. And, and you hope, you know, what they're saying about their teams is, is spot on. Um, and, you know, we, get, we have a conference call every other week or every other poll. So uh, not every poll do we have a conference call. But it's really good when you can jump on there and you can listen to the other coaches talk outside of, you know, seeing their notes on, on their teams uh, for the poll. And uh, it is challenging, you know, um, especially when you get deeper into leagues, when you get down to the third and fourth teams in conferences and when you get outside of your traditional power conferences. Uh, I've tried to do my best this year to learn more about the former Division II schools. Uh, I mean, I've been a National Raider for six or seven years now, 
And, you know, it's pretty easy when we were just doing just the Division One teams last year. And because, uh, you know, you had a really good sense after you've seen guys at the national tournament for years, you know which conferences are the strongest. And, uh, and, and then here and there you can, you know, if you've got a Saturday afternoon game, you can catch some Saturday night games. And with us being off uh, several times, I mean, we hadn't played on a Saturday. I think this is the fifth straight Saturday we won't play. And uh, I'm about to lose my mind sometimes. But I also understand that it's just part of it. And I get to spend a little more time with my kids. Uh, which are the most important thing in the world to me outside of my wife and the rest of my family. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been good to be able to catch some other games. But I'll be honest, man, it's it's hard to judge off what you're watching on the Internet. Uh, you know, I'm so much better when I see it live. And uh, if I can get the opportunity to catch another team that's playing, like Talladega came and played here in Shreveport. And uh, I got to go watch them play Southwest. And, you know, I know Southwest didn't win a game this year. Uh, but I still saw how good Talladega was with my own eyes uh, in person, you know, with how they executed their stuff, with how they guarded. Uh, and then I was able to watch them go into their pod uh, that Monday and Tuesday when they played down at Xavier. And I got to watch them play against Dillard and against Xavier. And it was, it was the same thing I saw with my own eyes. So it was easier to evaluate them after I saw them live. And so, you know, I jumped them up in my poll significantly because I had seen it. Uh, you know, and I'm very familiar with the Sooner Conference. I mean, I coached in that league for a couple of years as an assistant. Uh, Chris Francis is one of my former players and my first assistant coach here at, at uh, LSUS, and we talk nearly every day. And so, uh, you know, regionally it's easier to rate. Uh, nationally, you, you've got to rely on other people, and uh, you, you try to talk to them and, and bounce uh, teams off where they have them, where we have them. And, uh, you know, I can't talk to all 21, and, but there's a handful of guys that, you know, will communicate and, and just try to get it right, you know. And for the first time, um, the coaches poll isn't a primary criteria for the National Selection Committee, which I sit on as well. Um, but I do think that with 21 Raiders uh, across the country uh, putting their top 30 together you know I think we need to look pretty deeply into that because you know it, it gives you a variety and some diversity on what people think and believe outside of just an RPI and a strength of schedule uh, which you know can be accurate at times and sometimes it can also be skewed because it doesn't you know factor in home games and road games so yeah I think I think I think yeah you nailed it head on I think um, unfortunately sometimes we don't have the resources to kind of go over the eye test and watch every game, like you said, um, because like you, you know, coaches are busy doing other things. They're coaching, they're playing games and stuff. But I mean, to a casual fan, you kind of look at certain games and see, well, Talladega beat a winless Southwest team. Well, you go ahead and you see, you know, Southwest, they've been, they haven't even been home all year. They've been in right. Texas um, battling a bunch of adversity and stuff. Or you'd look at, I mean, even with your game against um, LSUA, you lost by two points on the road. Uh, but you brought seven guys. I mean, that's tough in its own right. So I think I, I'm hoping um, when we get down into the, the selection process that a lot of people kind of dive into this a little bit more deeply and realize what COVID has done to every program um, and kind of maybe take a little bit extra time to see what, you know, the, look at the quality wins, look at the situations, look at how many games they had to play um, down the stretch in, in X amount of days to in order to qualify for their own postseason tournament or whatever it may be so um just kind of wanted to 
mirror off what you just said that you know it's it's tough to to see everyone play but it does come into factor the eye test when when looking at the quality yeah of the it's it's definitely going to be challenging you know I, I know you guys have seen it that the conference tournament page was updated uh, i had asked them about that a couple of days ago and and i saw it as well and and i think we're down to 11 at large berths uh if i'm doing my math correctly and uh yeah that's what i got and that's there's gonna be yeah, some really good teams that. uh that are gonna be right there that we're deciding on and, and there's gonna be some really good teams uh that are gonna be left at the house unfortunately and you know that's that's gonna be challenging for us to put all the the pieces together from what what is considered primary criteria and uh you know but that's the beautiful thing about a committee is uh is that each individual has their own opinion and what they want to wait and put value on you know, to me, just to give you a little insight, uh, you know, I look at bad losses more than I do good wins. Because um, to me, I mean, you know, you can get up at home to play a highly ranked team and win that game and, you know, be a rivalry game, so to speak, or just you played well uh, or whatnot. But to me, if you have, you know, one or even more than that, bad, bad losses to teams that aren't really good, you know, that to me, carries more weight uh now i can't speak for everybody else that's on that committee but when i start looking and evaluating all that uh that's kind of important when i look at it where did the loss happen did it happen at home uh was it late in the season you know things like that i think all play in uh but that's not the only thing obviously that i'll look at um but i but to me just you know so you guys kind of have an idea where i'm coming from is that you know i think late in the season um you know you got to win the games that you're supposed to win and uh, and then hopefully uh, you can go out and, and do what, you know, an LSUA did uh, on Tuesday night, whether we had seven or not. We're not going to make excuses. We went down there to compete and play and and they showed up. And then I think you see two nights later, uh, Texarkana went down there and, and got a big win at LSUA. And uh, I mean, LSUA did. I mean, they looked a little gassed at times and I think they put everything they had into the game against us. And then Texarkana came down and did the same thing against them. They put everything they had into that game, and, and it came out with a big win. And so, you know, that that stuff is, is going to be huge when we come down the stretch here with big matchups and seeing teams play. And and I really – I do think that, you know, the Red River's got three teams uh, that can compete at the national level. Uh, I think we've proven that over the last four or five years at the national tournament, the success that we've had. And uh, hopefully, you know, our teams will get an opportunity again this year. This isn't uh, this isn't a play off of what you just said. This is actually something that I was gonna bring up, uh, no matter what. But uh, just the timing of it is gonna sound a little off. But uh, I do believe, um, just from our bracketology report and our ratings, that I believe that fans, coaches, players, and uh, everybody else involved um, believe. I think we're twenty-one for twenty-one on leagues who think that their league is the best league in the country. So um, I'm sure that it's right. a, a very difficult situation for you guys. Um, you know, I, I know that, uh, and, and I do, I will say this, I do believe that every league is tough for, for different reasons, um, you know, in their own right, you know, as far as I think league games are, are definitely tough, especially with, you know, different travels and, and, uh, you know, especially with scheduling this year, I know some teams that have been on the road for, you know, four five, six, seven straight games, you know, and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, I, I do believe the Red River is a, a great conference and, and I know the timing of, of that comment. Was, right was not definitely not directed well, me, towards you and your comment, but, uh, <laughs> but I know that uh, your job's not easy because I know the comments that we get from some of our stuff and, and everybody talking about, 
you know how they deserve five teams right in the no there's no no way and, happen, and i've so. even talked to our coaches you know i mean if we were able to get all three in i mean it I think we have an argument there, but we can't guarantee that, especially dropping down to 48. I mean, we wish it would be 64 and we'd all be sitting pretty and feeling pretty good about ourselves. But, you know, I know you make that comment and, you know, but I, I'm going to give you my transparency. I'm, I don't believe the red river is the best in the country. I don't, you know, I think we've got some really, really good teams, but I'm also aware of, you know, how many great leagues there are out there that have won national championships. And, uh, I mean, we've won one several years ago uh, with a program that's no longer Texas Wesleyan uh, when they were Red River. Um, you know, we, we feel good about the top half of our league every year. Uh, our top teams, we feel like, are competitive. We've got to get better down at the bottom half. And I think next year adding Xavier into the mix is going to strengthen our league. Uh, Louisiana College is, is a very good Division three team uh, that's right there in Pineville, Pineville which is – you know, five miles from Alexandria. So that's going to create another natural rivalry. Uh, and then, you know, we'll always look to expand and see if we can add some people uh, to our league to make it stronger. Uh, we have been better the last four or five years, uh, especially at the national level. And so, um, but but we also know, you know, the Mid-South and the Sooners and, and, and now, you know, the Crossroads. I can't wait to see those teams compete at the national tournament uh, against these former Division One teams just so I can see it with my own eyes of, how great those teams. We know how great Indiana Wesleyan is. You know, I've heard it from the Division One coaches that that played them this year. And, uh, you know, just excited to, to see what the future holds at, since we've combined these divisions and and really uh, filling out the, the talent level that, you know, all these programs bring uh, to the national level. Coach, it's uh, great stuff. I appreciate uh, you coming on. Um, it, it's a, definitely a, a great perspective to have, uh, not just from uh, your team and your league, but also from a from a national Raider uh, perspective. So uh, we appreciate all the information you shared. Um, I know you guys uh, are thirteen and one with with two games, hopefully two games left of the regular season. Uh, we wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you, Chip. For hey, man, LSU thank you all for having us on. Coach, uh, I, know I you told guys. you before, but you guys are the best in your coverage of NAI basketball, and we appreciate all you do for us and our student athletes. Trev, another great uh, conversation uh, with a coach. This one with uh, a different perspective because he's a national raider. Um, it, it brought some powerhouse uh, uh, information to uh, to that podcast right there. I, I know that uh, that'll be something that uh, a lot of people want to hear. Um, but moving on from there uh, to our games of the week for this week. Yeah, we I'm, I'm going to stay in the uh, – you know, we have so many games to, to choose from. There's a lot of conference races coming down the wire. Um, I'm staying home with the KCAC. It's turned into a two-team race between Bethel and Oklahoma Wesleyan, who both appeared in the national polls this week at 18 and 22, I believe. Um, Again, interesting situation. Bethel um, has only had a few games postponed this year compared to Oklahoma Wesleyan, and they're sitting at 15 and 4, Oklahoma Wesleyan 12 and 4. So they are tied in the loss column entering this final week of play. Um, and Bethel beat Oklahoma Wesleyan twice. So if Bethel wins out, they, they win the conference and get the one seed. Um, but each team plays, um, each Bethel starts today against Tabor, who has been playing lights out as of late. Um, and Oklahoma Wesleyan plays Tabor later this week. So Tabor, the Blue Jays who started the season hot, we talked about them a lot early in the year. Um, kind of the surprise team after winning just three or four games last year, they're going to have a lot to say. And, and who comes out on top in the KCAC. And starting today with the Threshers against the Blue Jays, 
Um, I think that if Bethel can pull today out, that they will win out the rest of the week. Um, they got Avila and St. Mary, who are you know two winnable games for them. So I think Tabor, Bethel, um, today is going to be the game that I watch. Um, I'm actually going to move out to the West Coast, um, actually setting up uh, for next week's podcast because we actually have a couple uh, West Coast coaches coming on. Um, so I'm eager to talk about talk with them. Um, but we got uh, on Friday, uh, the 19th, uh, it's actually going to be a 4 p.m. Pacific time game. We have number five, Arizona Christian uh, versus number 24, uh, William Jessup. William Jessup knew the rankings this week. Um, I, I've talked about them a lot. They got, I think they got the best uh, freshman in the country and, and Miles Corey. Um, you know, Arizona Christian's got All-American Deron Kyle um, and, and, and a loaded loaded roster for Arizona Christian. Um, but, yeah, that, that game, uh, it's at Arizona Christian. Uh, but uh, and I believe they play Friday and Saturday both. Um, but that weekend uh, series between those two teams could come down to the the GSAC East uh, Championship. Um, right now, you would expect both teams to uh, make the national tournament. Um, but at the end of the day, you know one of those two teams are probably going to be the one that wins the GSAC East and claims the automatic bid. Um, so I, I'm going to be uh, interested in, in watching that game. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to give the West Coast a little love because I know they they're just kind of getting their they just got their season started not too long ago, and, and, and it's kind of a frantic pace for them right now. But uh, um, definitely a big-time game on Friday and, and, again, on Saturday next week that I'm, I'm very interested yeah, in We're definitely going to have a lot to talk about a week from now because I think a lot of these conference races are going to be solidified, hopefully, or at least we'll have a better picture on um, we know what these conference tournaments are going to look like. But I think this is – I mean, it's obvious, but I think this is going to be the biggest week we've had, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and next week we'll be able to talk. Uh, we should have some more brackets out from uh, conference tournaments, and uh, and then that next week we have mm-hmm. we'll have some conference tournament games. So uh, definitely an interesting, uh, or definitely going to be a fun time of uh, uh, or fun podcast for us next week. Um, going to be turn the page uh, on the regular season and start looking at the postseason. Um, and and it's always uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and we've mentioned a couple times here. Mm-hmm. Um, always a great time of year. Uh, make sure you're make sure you're all watching the, the as many games as you can. I, I just can't. Uh, I, I got to reemphasize we're all about NEI hoops, but uh, it, it is great basketball. Um, it's only been getting better as the season goes along, and, and these games um, are just so competitive right now this time of year. So if you get a chance to to watch uh, as many games as you can, just just do yourself a favor and do it. It's cold everywhere across the country. Don't go outside. Stay in. And we got the links to watch on uh, your daily yep, post. Yep. So. I mean, you have no excuses. There's no excuses that you can't find, no doubt, find them and, anywhere. And the Brecht report will be out on Sunday um, with the updated, you know, our, our fun little projections on, on where uh, teams are in the tournament. Um, again, I say I emphasize fun. I know we get a lot of hateful DMs, people who are not in our <laughs> bracket. Uh, um, still some resumes to, be, resumes to be built out there. Um, again, that goes plays into the funness of the, the national tournament is that uh, we have some some teams on the bubble right now that have some work to be done. So going to be an interesting week. This is for NHR, the podcast with Junior and Trev. 